you will see. The pastor went to the kids' Sunday school class. And uh, he sits down with the kids, and uh, the teacher introduced him and said, Pastor, this morning we're studying Joshua. And uh, that's wonderful, said the pastor. Uh, let's see what you're learning. Who tore down the walls of Jericho? Little Johnny shyly raised his hand and offered, Pastor, I, I didn't do it. <laughs> Taken aback, the pastor said, Now come on, who tore down the walls of Jericho? Teacher, interrupting, said, Pastor, little Johnny's a good boy. If he says he didn't do it, I believe him. Flustered, the pastor went to the Sunday school director and related the story to him. The director looked kind of worried and said, Well, sir, we've had some trouble with little Johnny before. Let me talk to him and see what we can do. Really bothered now by the responses of the teacher and the Sunday school director, the new pastor approached the deacons and related the whole story, including the responses of the teacher and the director. A white-haired gentleman thoughtfully stroked his chin and said, Well, pastor, I move we just take the money from the general fund to pay for the walls and leave it at that. Well, once again, we, take, uh, we turn to the Old Testament, to the stories, of, uh, stories that we know. That's the title of our sermon series that we're working our way through this summer. We're talking about famous stories from the Old Testament. Now, these may be stories that you haven't heard for a while, uh, stories that you might have heard when you were growing up in Sunday school, if you went to Sunday school. And uh, you, we need to reconnect with the Old Testament. We need to reconnect with the stories of the Old Testament. We need to learn what they teach us about God and how he deals with his people. Today we are studying that famous story of Joshua and the walls of Jericho. Now I need a couple of volunteers named Leslie and Brandon to come up here. And I need one more. Greg, I need you too. And I need you to help me out here. What's in the box, Sean? Sean brought trumpets. You hand out trumpets. You hand out trumpets. Go up to the balcony and hand out some trumpets. And uh, let me have one of those actually, Greg. I need to have one. So we're going to hand out some trumpets. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. These are going to be very, very important for retelling this wonderful story. Make sure you hold on to your trumpets. Do not drop them. Don't know how clean the floor is. Don't make sure you don't drop them. Uh, do not leave them behind after today's service. Take your trumpet with you. You're going to need your trumpet this morning at the appropriate time. I'll tell you when you need them. Everyone's going to get a trumpet. Make sure everyone gets one. Get those all passed out. Very good. Uh, last week we talked about the story of the golden calf and the children of Israel. Uh, we talked about the idols in our society. We talked about the idols in our lives and uh, that we desperately need to melt those idols down. God is a jealous God and anything that comes between us and him is an idol. God hates idolatry. Brandon, what's the deal? All right, well, let's get, let's get caught up on our story. We're going we're gonna to get caught up from the story of the golden calf up to the story of the battle of Jericho. Brandon, do not drop the trumpets. All right, the reins of leadership, the reins of leadership in the... In the uh, Old Testament in the book of Joshua were passed from Moses to Joshua. Uh, it was in the book of Deuteronomy. Moses disobeyed God and took credit where credit was not due, and he was barred from entering the promised land. Uh, Joshua, on the other hand, had been groomed to be Moses' successor for quite a while. Two trumpets. Leslie, have you dropped any pump trumpets? No. Greg, have you dropped any trumpets? No. Brandon, how many trumpets you dropped? I heard, I heard a second trumpet drop. 
That's okay. Joshua had been groomed to be Moses' successor, and he, along with Caleb, were two of 12 spies who thought that the Israelites could uh, conquer Canaan with no difficulty at all because God was on their side. They went into the land of Canaan, uh, Joshua and Caleb and 10 other spies. We don't know who the 10 others, uh, I, well, I don't remember who the 10 others were at the top of my head, but I know Joshua and Caleb were the two good spies. And Shannon sings a little song to Jonathan, uh, 12, spies went to, 12 men went to spy on Canaan, 10 were bad and two were good. And uh, so uh, that song is permanently embedded in my head. Um, But uh, Joshua led the people through the Jordan River into the promised land in order to begin conquering it. And the first challenge that, uh, that they would face in conquering Canaan would be to overthrow the large city of Jericho. Jericho was a major city in Canaan. It was about 1,600 feet long from north to south and about 800 feet wide at its widest point. It was at least 3,000 feet around the entire city, or a little more than a half a mile. So it was about a half a mile all the way around the city. It's a pretty good-sized city. Um, And, you know, considering this story takes place more than 3,000 years ago, you know, that's a pretty good-sized city, about a half a mile around. What archaeologists have discovered is that the walls of Jericho were about six feet thick. The walls were six feet thick. There was an outside retaining wall that was about 12 to 15 feet high. And then there was another wall on top of that wall that was a six-foot thick wall that stood 20 to 26 feet high. So that's about 30 to 40 feet high of six-foot thick wall. We're talking major walls here. Six feet thick, 30 to 40 feet high. But there was another wall that had to be penetrated as well. This wall was up a hill and stood about 46 feet above the ground level at the retaining wall below. So you got two walls, about six feet thick and almost 50 feet high. These people were serious about homeland security. Inside the walls was about nine acres of land. So it's about a half mile around, about nine acres of land inside the, the city. It was the center of worship for the moon god. And in fact, the name of the city probably means just that, probably means moon city. In Joshua 2, Joshua sent two spies into Canaan to scout out the land, and there a prostitute named Rahab hid the spies. Interestingly enough, in the great chapter of faith, Hebrews chapter 13, Rahab, the prostitute, is mentioned as someone who was a great person of faith. She told the spies that the entire kingdom of Jericho was in great fear of the Israelites because of what God had done for them during their 40-year journey to the promised land. The report of the spies to Joshua was that all of the people were melting in fear of the children of Israel. So that brings us to Joshua chapters 5 and 6. The commander of the armies of the Lord shows up with a message for Joshua. So we have a heavenly being that shows up for a message for Joshua. Joshua takes off his sandals because he's standing on holy ground. And the Lord told Joshua the battle plan for conquering Jericho. God was going to take and drop big tanks out of the sky. And they were going to land right outside the city. And uh, they were going to drive right over the city. What? That wasn't the battle plan? Well, you know what? Actually, no, that wasn't the battle plan. God was actually going to give all the people lightsabers, and they were going to become Jedis, like uh, Star Wars, and they were going to go right marching over the city. Actually, no. God had a unique battle plan for conquering Jericho. In Joshua chapter 6, verses 2 through 5, I want to read that. Joshua 6, 2 through 5. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. They haven't done a thing yet. And God tells Joshua, the city's yours. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. 
Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast in the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up. Every man straight in. So, we got this great big city. You got uh, 50 feet of walls, six feet thick. And God tells Joshua, y'all are going to march. And you're going to blow some trumpets and you're going to shout. And the city will be yours. Now, if I were Joshua, I'd be scratching my head trying to figure out just how this whole thing was going to work. But Joshua never bats an eyelash. He simply went to the priests of Israel and relayed the battle plan to them. Verse 1 of chapter 6 says that Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. In other words, the people were terrified. They wouldn't let anyone in and no one came out. Now, remember, this is a city whose walls are 50 feet high and are six feet thick. They are scared of a bunch of nomadic people who have been wandering in the desert for 40 years. It doesn't make any sense. You're in this fortified city, and you've got these nomads outside who uh, have no land, um, have rudimentary weapons, and, and you're in this fortified city, and you're terrified of them? Well, see, they weren't scared of the Israelites. They were scared of God. Joshua told the plan to the people, and on the first day, they went marching. Now, when you hear me say the words, the priests blew their trumpets, I want you to blow your trumpets. Okay, you got your trumpets? Hold your trumpets up high. Let's see them. All right, we got our trumpets. And then when I tell you to shout, I want you to give a victory shout. Okay, so we're going to blow trumpets. We're going to victory shout. All right, day one, the people marched and the priests blew their trumpets. Man, I hope it was louder than that. <laughs> Could you imagine? the? Okay, that's enough trumpet blowing. That's enough. It was just a quick blast of the trumpets. Okay. They circled the city once, and they went back to their camp. They marched around the city on day two, and the priests blew their trumpets. Okay. Day three, they marched around the city, and the priests blew their trumpets. Day four, they marched around the city. The priests blew their trumpets. Day five, they marched around the city and the priests blew their trumpets. Day six, they marched around the city and the priests blew their trumpets. Day seven, they marched around the city seven times and the priests blew their trumpets. And then they shouted. Okay, no walls came down. That's good. Joshua told them to shout because God had given them the city. At the sound of the trumpets and the shout of God's people, the tall, thick, imposing, impenetrable walls of Jericho collapsed. The children of Israel went into the city and completely destroyed it, except for the home of Rahab the prostitute. She and her family were spared, and the Israelites burned the city to the ground. They took the silver and the gold and the bronze and the iron and they put it into the treasury of the Lord's house. The Bible says that the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. Following Sunday worship services on January 8, 2006, five young men, men attacked and threatened to kill a Protestant church leader in Turkey's fourth largest city. Camille Kiriglu, 29, had just left his church in Adana when he was 
ambushed and beaten so severely that he fell unconscious twice. They were trying to force me to deny Jesus, Kiriglu said. But each time they asked me to deny Jesus and become a Muslim, I was saying, Jesus is Lord. The more I said, Jesus is Lord, the more they beat me. One of the attackers pulled out a long butcher knife and threatened to kill Kiriglu if he did not deny his Christian faith and return to Islam. Kiriglu refused. After the incident, he said, I am praising God, not because he saved me from death, but because he helped me not to deny him in the shadow of death. Victory. Victory. Just as God gave the children of Israel victory over the walls of Jericho, so God gives his children victory over high, imposing, and impenetrable walls in our lives today. In the story I just told, this man was given uh, victory over walls of fear and maybe walls of doubt. What are the walls in our lives today where we need to be given victory? We must remember that the victory comes not from our own strength, but from the strength of God, from the strength of our Heavenly Father. We can be given victory over walls of heartache and pain. When we lose a loved one, or when we are told we are dying, or someone we love is dying, we feel how walls of heartache grow almost like brick weeds around us. In an instant, our world is filled with pain and heartache. What could possibly break those, through those walls of pain? The Holy Spirit, the Comforter. He comes and demolishes those walls with a peace that passes all understanding. This peace may not come instantaneously, and it may not come all at once, but as the walls of heartache are broken and demolished, they are replaced by peace and comfort. We can be given victory over walls of separation from loved ones. Sometimes in our lives, relationships are broken. Someone said something or did something to break a relationship, and we build walls of separation. It could be a wall between you and your spouse. Year by year and brick by brick, you have built up this wall of separation between yourselves to where you can hardly look at one another anymore or speak to one another. This is where we need God's hand of reconciliation to come and tear down those walls of bitterness and anger and demolish walls of jealousy and envy. Maybe there's a wall between you and your children. Maybe between you and a good friend. It's time to pray and allow God to bust through those walls of separation. Perhaps you are dealing with walls of doubt. The way things have worked out in your life right now, it's hard to see God or to believe Him or to believe His promises. It's hard to see His goodness because of the walls of doubt that have been built up. Situations have come up and things have happened that have caused you to doubt God. Maybe someone close to you moved away or passed away. How could God allow this to happen? Why did they have to go? Maybe something happened at work that has caused you to doubt God's goodness and grace. How could God not protect me when I needed him? Perhaps a broken relationship has brought about doubt. How could God allow this relationship to fall apart? You can't feel his love because of these walls of doubt. We need God's mercy and grace to be with us in those times of difficulty and doubt. We need him to be very near to us and to break down those walls. Maybe it is a wall of sin that has been built up between you and God. There is sin or an addiction that is built around your heart, and you need God to break down that wall. It is time to allow God to do away with the sin in our lives, to allow His power to break through 
those walls and allow his Holy Spirit to sanctify us and change us from the inside out. We need to pray to allow God to deal with our sin. We need to ask God to forgive us through his son, Jesus Christ, who died for our sins. And we pray that God will give us the strength and the power to overcome those sins and addictions. Missionaries, missionaries Alir and Kate Cammy write, For some years we have worked with a ministry to refugees in Athens, Greece. Athens is a part of the refugee highway where people from around the world pass through on the road to a better life. In May of 2006, one of the missionaries in Athens, Callie Skyfe, reported that what happened to an she reported what happened to an Iranian man identified only as M. In 2003, everything M knew was destroyed by an earthquake measuring 7.45 on the Richter scale. He was tortured by the question of why something like this would happen. M went to live with relatives in Afghanistan, was married, and had a daughter. But he was still filled with despair. Leaving his family behind, M headed west and ended up in Athens, staying with more relatives. Though he and his family were all Muslim, M became interested in Christianity, finding himself strangely moved by the sight of the crosses he saw decorating the Orthodox churches in the city. M was given a Bible and started reading. Since his relatives forbade such a thing, M used a tiny flashlight to read during the night after his uncles were asleep. He studied the Bible this way for two years. Finally, M realized God was calling him to be born again. He contacted the Refugee Ministry Center, declaring his faith in Christ and asking for more information. On Sunday, May 7, 2006, M set his alarm for 6 a.m. He wanted to spend some time reading his Bible and praying that morning because on that day he was to be baptized at a fellowship with other Iranian believers. But M's cousin uh, discovered the plan. Before M's alarm went off, the cousin boiled water in a saucepan and poured it on M while he slept, scalding both thighs and one arm. M came to the baptism anyway. Standing before those gathered, the burns on his arms clearly visible, M declared, no matter what they do to me, I will love Jesus. And after the baptism, M said he felt like standing at the center of the city of Athens and shouting to everybody, I belong to Christ. You see, the power of God is awesome. Nothing can stand in his way. Not a wall of pain, not a wall of doubt, not a wall of a broken relationship, not even a wall of sin. God is waiting with his wrecking crew. He is waiting for you to sound your trumpet and allow him to tear down your walls. So what are you waiting for? If he broke down the walls of Jericho, 50 feet high and 6 feet thick, have faith that he will break down the walls that have been built up around you. Let him heal the pain. Let him mend the relationship. Let him do away with your doubts. Let him forgive your sin. Let him change you through his Holy Spirit. He can do it. He is willing to do it. And we must allow him to tear down those walls. So what are we waiting for? Pray today for him to tear down whatever wall has been built up around you. There is one more wall. There is one more wall that is built up in everyone's life. There is a wall that everyone faces. There is a wall that everyone must tear down. The Bible says that we are enemies of God in our minds because of our sinful behavior. There is a wall of separation between humanity and God. And there is only one way for that wall to come tumbling down. 
That is through accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He died to break down that wall of separation. We accept his offer of salvation by believing in him, repenting of our sin, confessing him as Savior and Lord, and obeying him in baptism. Every week we offer an invitation here at Griffith First Christian, and now is that time. We're going to sing a song of invitation here in just a moment, and we invite you, if you've never decided to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to come forward and make that proclamation today. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Or, you've been worshiping with us for a while, a few weeks, a few months, you like what you see going on here, you want to be a part of our family, we invite you to come forward and become part of our family just by confessing your faith and identifying yourself with our congregation. Or if you need someone to pray with you, we have some elders who, will be lo- who would be glad to pray with you today. Maybe to pray to overcome a wall. Maybe you need to pray to overcome a wall of doubt or separation or a broken relationship or fear. We invite you to come and do that now. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we have walls that are built up in our lives. We have walls that have separated us from you, that have separated us from others, maybe separated us from people in this room. We pray, God, that you would tear down those walls, that in your mighty power, that in your incredible strength, in your awesome ability, that you would tear down those walls. Thank you. Thank you for the story of Jericho and showing us that there's nothing that is impossible for you that there is nothing that you cannot do, that there is no wall that you cannot destroy. Be with us in the rest of this time now as we worship and praise you some more. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.